Hello and welcome to the e-commerce playbook podcast. I'm Andrew Ferris, the host and the CEO of 4x400, an e-commerce holding company that acquires, operates, and grows D2C brands online. This week on the e-commerce playbook, we are talking about the insanity of the moment that we are in right now. And I have a very simple word of advice for you. Maximize it. Don't wait. Maximize it. All right, let's jump in. All right, I don't know what's happening in your business this week, but I know what's happening in our businesses at 4x400, and it is pretty simple. We are winning. We are winning really big, um, and it's just a crazy moment. And I bet if you are listening to this podcast and you are an operator of an e-commerce business, you are too. The reason I bet that is because I'm seeing all the data everywhere. Shopify. Their CTO released a screenshot showing that it's basically Black Friday everywhere across all Shopify stores. That's, that's what all of the numbers suggest. Clavio, um, you heard my interview, hopefully, with Jake Cohen. Um, you know, uh, 32,000 Clavio um, users showing basically revenue up gigantically everywhere. Common Thread Collective, our ad agency. Just huge numbers, seeing people passing their December numbers. 20 days into April. Um, and and so it's just insane um, how much brands are winning right now, how big they're winning. Um, and and I, I just kind of wanted to address how to think about that a little bit today. We're, we're certainly in a similar position. Things are going really, really well for us. Um, FC Goods is up a, a little bit. It's not worth talking about as much. That's not our biggest winner um, right now. But Slick and, Slick and Bamboo Earth are both up in revenue um, at the, basically the same efficiency in total ad spend against top line revenue. Um, we are up 70 or so percent from even a few weeks ago for both of those brands. And, and, and if you even go back farther than that, we're like doubling and tripling um, daily revenue numbers right now. Like just blowing away what our projections had us at. Uh, that creates all kinds of problems. I actually thought about doing for this episode an interview with my um, director of supply chain uh, to just talk about the challenge of figuring that all out. But I don't know that it would be that helpful. I mean, the reality is even for, for our brands, like we, we supply from all kinds of different places. We have production in the Dominican Republic. We have production in China. We have production in the U.S. In California, we have production in the U.S. and North Carolina. Um, they, like, you know, packaging suppliers all over the world, all that kind of stuff. And so really every situation is different. If you are like me um, and like Rob, my director of supply chain, you're just scrambling to stay on top of that and doing the absolute best you can as coronavirus continues to create supply chain challenges in various ways. Um, and the, the effects are just massive. Um, but let's actually talk about that for a minute. Today, Rob told me uh, that there is a concern with our bottled products that we would not get enough bottles. Um, and and that, that's because right now, bottle manufacturers are manufacturing bottles for things like hand sanitizer and for things um, like necessities in hospitals and those sorts of things. Um, and, and the reason I want to pause on that is, is, first of all, that's its own problem to solve and it's crucial. And Rob is a, like, when I say I'm working on supply chain, what I really mean is I'm talking to Rob about the work he's doing on it. Uh, my director of supply chain, Rob, is an absolute wizard. Um, and, um, and so... <clears throat> The reason I, I, I like that little example is because it illustrates something bigger that I think is really important to think about in a moment like this, okay? And it's this. The downstream effects of everything that are happening right now are not predictable. 
They are not predictable and you shouldn't try. <laughs> I, this is like, I feel like this is like become my beat or something. The, the, the future is unpredictable beat. Um, but it's really informed by, uh, you know, reading I've done for a while. If you are sort of paying attention to um, the Nate Silvers of the world and Philip Tetlocks and some of the people who are talking about forecasting and predicting and how, how to approach it um, as best as you can. Um, like what the conclusion from so many of them is that, is that in um, any moment, the farther out the time horizon that you're predicting uh, and the more predictions you have to stack on top of each other for your prediction to come true. And I keep using the word predicting. Really, we should use the word forecasting or projecting. Anyway, the farther out the time horizon and the more projections you have to stack for those things to, for any one projection to come true, the less likely you are to be correct. And uh, that is actually a really hard thing for, I think, people to get their heads around. We, as humans, tend to be really confident in our ability to understand what's going to happen next, and we are terrible at it. We're terrible, terrible, terrible across the board. Um, and, and so people who study this sort of thing look at that reality and try to ask the question, why are we terrible? And, and part of it is because there are too many unknown unknowns. So that's why I bring up the packaging example, right? In the midst of this, can you imagine having been back a couple months and been able to have the foresight to see that we would have uh, a problem with supply chain potentially, we'll see, supply chain problems in e-commerce, not because you couldn't get your product made, like all, all my actual product production people are, are working, all my manufacturers are working, uh, but because you wouldn't be able to get your bottles manufactured. I mean, that is like an afterthought in our business uh, our bottle manufacturers do a good job, so we just don't even worry about it too much. We order and it, and it goes and, and whatever. We kind of deal with them when we want to change the packaging. Um, if you are like me, there's no way in a million years you would have projected that the supply chain problem that was going to get in your way is going to be something related to the bottles. I bring that up because in all of the decision-making that you are making right now, the thing I just want to constantly caution against is, is projecting almost anything very far out in the future about what the downstream effects of this are going to be. Uh, and certainly if you do project them, you need to project them probabilistically. You need to project what you think will happen with the best methods that you know how, and then put error bars on that and assume the possibilities of errors in either direction. So you need to model it in that respect. Uh, just like in some ways, all of the sort of coronavirus models you're seeing all the time. Okay. Uh, there, there's a reason that that really matters to me because what I think when you are able to have some humility about your ability to project things, what it allows you to do is focus a little bit more on the present and being careful to maximize the moment you're in right now. And that above everything else is my number one takeaway for this moment. Um, we are still in a time where a lot of the country is locked down, even as people start to come out of that. And from every possible data point that I can see, the cost of advertising has shrunk massively for D2C advertisers. CPMs are still down 30, 40% in most, most of the brands that I see. And retail spending in e-commerce is up. I've even seen the number 50% year over year. 50% while CPMs are down. That means that brands can suddenly do things like we did for Bamboo Earth, which is now we have 5 x our daily ad spend at a better efficiency than we were at before. I mean, that, that is an incredible, massive outcome. And what I don't want to do is think really that hard in a, in a moment like this where that, is, that effect is so crazy. It's so crazy that 
if if you try to do too much that's like sort of very future oriented right now, I, I just think you are going to miss it. For a lot of us who are running e-commerce stores, we're pretty small operations, we're pretty nimble, we're pretty agile, we don't have a crazy huge thing to maneuver and, and, and change around. It's not a giant ship that you have to steer around. It's a relatively small organization for a lot of us, even if you're doing a lot of revenue. This is, of course, one of the things that's appealing about e-commerce is that you can keep your OPEX pretty low by running a fairly lean organization and growing your online brand. So, so the, the point is, if you are able if you are able in any way to maximize this moment, and I'm gonna say specifically to maximize your customer acquisition, um, do it. Go as hard as you can, as fast as you can, because what you simply don't know is how long it will last. You don't, it's possible that over the next year, e-commerce continues to have a step function of growth even if it tails off a little bit. It's highly possible that that happens. For all I know, this is gonna be an unbelievable Black Friday and, and it's gonna double your projections because of all these things. That's totally possible. But I am not going to begin to predict that at all. What I'm gonna do instead is acquire at this moment as many customers as possible, give them a great experience, get a bajillion email addresses as a byproduct of that along the way so that I have a giant owned audience and that way I can maximize that owned audience in the future no matter what happens in the economy. Because you know what? If you have a big owned audience, it's always cheaper to reach them that second time. The second time reaching a customer is always cheaper than the first time, even in brands with bad customer retention uh, metrics like you know FC Goods doesn't retain customers very much. So, so um, I, I say all that because I just want to hit that. When I was uh, early, my first like real digital marketing job was a media buyer at Kalo, um, the silicone wedding ring company, kind of the, one of the, the first real big player in that space, right? And Kalo went zero to twenty million in two years with no funding. It was a really crazy time, and the the thing about that company going zero to 20 in two years, that the regret that all of us who were involved in that, me, Taylor, others, all have is that we didn't spend more money and grow faster sooner. You know why? Because that was five years ago when uh, e-commerce CPMs, Facebook CPMs were way lower than they are right now. And we got a little bit greedy about sort of what kind of return we should expect. And all of us looked at each other afterwards and said, why didn't we grow more and spend faster at the time so that we could have an even bigger outcome? Own more of that market, really become that space, because uh, really own more of that category. Because, uh, because that moment didn't last and this moment won't either. It's just not going to. There's going to be a time when this is going to run out. CPMs don't stay this low, especially relative to their actual market value, which is what we're talking about here. Um, their market value is way higher. This is pure arbitrage. The cost is way too low relative to the market value of it. The market will catch up. Facebook ads is an incredibly efficient market. So is Google ads. So it's, it's Snapchat's going to be the same. Everything is going to even out to where the market dictates because these are giant auctions with a bunch of rational players, all with um, this aligned incentives here. So it's going to even out. So the, the point is to keep going. Maybe the excitement of last week is starting to wear off for you. Don't let it. Build now. Create great offers if you need to. Um, find ways to give back if that's going to help um, do a, a, uh, not only to actually do the help of giving back, but also um, to do something great for your brand. If you've got a Mother's Day possibility right now, go, 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 go. Make that happen if, you, if it's native to your brand. So I just say, just if you loud and clear, what I want you to hear is don't get too caught up in trying to figure out what's going to happen next. If there's any takeaway from coronavirus, I hope you can see 
I hope you can see that the most brilliant epidemiologists and statistical modelers in the world are all over the place on their projections. The error bars are so wide and every day we're seeing that more and more. And I don't fault them at all because it's an impossible job that they're doing, right? They're trying their best using the best methods they know how, but you simply can't predict the future. Things are going to happen that you can't see right now. There are unknown unknowns. There are variables all over the place. The better your cash position now, the more owned audience you have now, the more customers you've acquired now, the better prepared you will be in that moment when it gets here. All right, so I hope that's what's happening in your business. I hope you are doing great as well. And I wanna say quickly, thanks so much for listening. This is uh, now we're you know, 10 or so episodes into this thing. I don't actually remember exactly. Um, but I've gotten a lot of feedback from a number of people um, just just saying that they like it, that they're grateful, um, etc. This is a new venture for us, and I'm really thankful for those of you who are participating and who are chiming in. I would love to hear more from you. At Andrew J. Ferris on Twitter is absolutely the best place to reach out to me. That's F-A-R-I-S, like Paris with an F, at Andrew J. Ferris. Um, and so, so reach out, let me know um, your thoughts there, uh, anything that you've got. I would love to interact about that on Twitter. If you're not on DTC Twitter, get there. It is an awesome space. A friend of mine uh, saw the other day, Josh Durham said, I can't believe DTC Twitter is free because there's so much value here. Totally agree. Um, Also, you can email podcast at 4x400.com. That's podcast at 4x400.com. We would uh, love to hear from you there as well. So thanks for tuning in as always. Rate, review, all those things that all the podcast people say, those seem to help. We really appreciate it. Thanks.